0: Yo, John Fitch here. John Fitch knows nothing. Coming back at you. Another beautiful Sunday here in uh, the Bay. It's hot again. It's hot. I'm uh, a little sweaty. <laughs> I'm a little sweaty. You might you might get some beads of sweat coming off of me. Went to the pool a little bit today. It was nice. I did a lot of work this weekend. I had to film a lot of stuff because I got camp. This week, I got travel. Next week, I got seminars. I got lots of stuff going on, so I'm getting super busy getting all my all my crap together, all my equipment together, because I'm going to be filming the instruction. Hopefully, we put out some. Uh, well, I will, and hopefully, I'll put out some uh, some um, courses, some programs, and stuff for people with the stuff I'm teaching. Make some some uh, internets contents with it too. So I got a lot going on. <clears throat> a lot of getting ready for, prepping for. Uh, this weekend wasn't much uh, of fights. You know, at the UFC, there was a one championship. I, I started to watch some of the replay. I only caught a few of the earlier fights. I didn't hear anything much about it, but, like, I was just busy. I had other stuff, so I didn't watch it. I did watch most of the uh, UFC fight night card. I was busy, of course. I had, it was an early morning one. I don't like the early ones because I have a busy Saturday. I'm busy on Saturdays. Saturday morning, I get up, I do Rule Zero podcast at 8.30, Left Coast time, and then I have, I teach at 11 for my wrestling class. So, I don't have a lot of time. We have 8, eight o'clock. What was it? 9 o'clock. It started 9 o'clock. Fight started this time. So, that's early, man. I was I was doing Rule Zero and I'm watching the fights at the same time on my screen. So, I didn't. I didn't see all the fights. I didn't see all the best stuff, but I did see um, most of them. We'll talk about it. And we got we got Jason Burmis here jumping in the chat, and he ruined my my hot news that I was going to give you guys <laughs> because um, uh, I just checked my my uh, I just checked my Twitter, and I had a message from Jason, and he has news. Let's let's take a peek. We're going to take a peek at this. I'm gonna share the screen and uh, you guys can get excited about this fun stuff happening here. All right, here we go. make sure our volume's on. I really did stretch this one out almost a half an hour folks. you gotta love me for that, huh? Jason <sighs> I'm excited about it. I'm gonna let you do it, but I'm gonna be calling a fight where Pat Militich is returning to the cage. And I'm gonna let you talk about who your opponent's gonna be and why it's going down.
1: Yeah. So for me in my fifties, right, um, fighting Michael Nunn was for a purpose, right, to help people understand that they could take back their freedoms. And for this one, I have I had no desire to fight anyone, right. I don't want to hurt anyone. I have no desire to beat people up. It's just not. I I worked that out years ago, right. Um, but because the person that You know, I cornered him against CM Punk uh, and uh, he beat CM Punk uh, in the UFC, in the United Center in Chicago. And then when all this stuff started with the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter and all the craziness with Burning Cities and all of this stuff that was going on, he and I started to, I was saying, you know, he started saying a lot of racist things about white people and calling us all, you know, snow roaches and Nazis and. Everything else, just going off the deep end, and I'm like, dude, what? It, like, this is not the this is not the guy that I know. You've never been like this. What is what is going on with you? Um, and burning city, cities is it's it's wrong. Like you you just don't burn people's businesses, right? That's not that's not what we do. And uh, and so yeah, uh, he took a picture, took that picture, and wrote a false article in the clickbait uh, headline of the article that cost me my job ultimately was um, Pat Militich supports domestic terrorism and white supremacy.
0: So if you guys weren't paying attention to that, that story, right, a long time ago, you wonder why people are doing this stuff? It's clout because that's what you get nowadays. If you turn into the, you know, uh, the, the, the race baiter, you know on, that, on the left, like, that's now a career path for people. We had a show on, on Saturday talking about the, how cuckoldry is the new, like, cool thing. Like, that's how you make it today. It's just anything for clout. These people uh, have nothing else to offer at all. So they have to do, like, disgusting, far out, way out things in order to have any kind of notoriety or make any type of money. It's really sad and pathetic. It really is. I feel sorry for these guys. They have absolutely no joy in their life at all. And now Pat's going to go beat this guy up. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. Let's see
1: what else he has to say. And, you know, when somebody does look, if it was actually legit and I was actually a racist, I'd be like, OK, yeah, I'm a, whatever. I don't like certain people, whatever. But none of that's true, of course. Right. And so he lied about me. And then the LFA people were kind of put in a corner and I, Ed and Sven over there are great guys, and they were just like, they didn't know what to do. They just didn't know what to do. Like they, they, their world was kind of imploding on them. Mm-hmm. And so it was, a, it was a rough time for me as well, right? And so ultimately, you know, there was so much tension in the country at the time that me going back to work for them, it just probably was not going to work. It was just at that time it was not going to work. Um, and all based on one guy lying, right? One guy lying. That's all he needed to do. And, um, yeah, ultimately, I it cost me a lot of money. It's, it was financial warfare is what it was. Like There's a reason Japan hit Pearl Harbor. We blockaded their nation and were starving them, right? Mm-hmm. And financially crushing them. Mm-hmm. That's why they blew up Pearl Harbor, right? It was We were inflicting financial. We were using.
0: Well, let's get back. Let's get back to the fight. So... That's the big news is Pat Milt is coming back to fight this uh, reverse racist, (laughs) whatever nonsense this is. Clout chaser. It's just clout chasing. That's really what it is. Anything to be popular, anything to get patted on the head, to get an attaboy, to get some extra clicks, some extra dollars in your pocket. No shame. No shame whatsoever. James coming in with the uh, Pat saying, uh, Pat is fighting same day as Mark the Hammer Coleman is doing celebrity boxing. Interesting. Interesting. January 6th. Ha! You're a loser. You you don't belong on this channel, buddy. We got mods. (laughs) Oh... January 6th was an inside job. There's nothing wrong with anything that happened in January 6th. Ukraine World war is nonsense. You're stealing money and laundering money. It has nothing to do with freedom or helping Americans out or Ukrainians out in any way. If you believe any of this stuff that the left wing says, you're a retard. If you believe anything the right wing says, you're a retard. If, you, if you're a, uh, on either side, you're dumb. You're a dumb person. I'm sorry I'm not a conservative I'm not a uh not a liberal I'm me <laughs> I do what I believe is right how is that even on um but let's let's get into the uh let's get into it let's get into the uh where Is this? I'm sorry, I'm lost here. Well, yeah, let's talk about the fights. Let's take this off. All right, let's talk about the fights. Let's talk about fun. I've gone everywhere, I go everywhere for seminars. um, Joaquin is asking me, John, would you ever come down to SoCal for summer? Yes, I've done SoCal seminars. I've done them in uh, San Diego. Uh, man, I did one east of LA a little while ago, about 30 minutes east of LA. I can't remember what town it was in, but I've done. I've done a lot. In fact, I've got. I've got to. I've got to edit the videos and put the the, the course up. I'll have it available sooner or later. I'm just busy and I haven't been able to edit and get it all ready. So. It's coming. But, yeah, I do seminars everywhere. I'm going to be in Vegas uh, the 29th uh, next Saturday. I got wrestling camp starting tomorrow. So I've been I've been busy, guys. I've been really busy. So, yeah, like I said, I didn't get to catch all the fights. Um, I saw I was doing the podcast while the fights were on. So I, I did see the Hafel uh, Philo and uh, Berez fight. Philo um, with the submission in the first round, 326. Um, uh, Bannon and Brazil it was a decision. Brazil with the win there. It's kind of just like back and forth pitter patter. I didn't really get into that fight at all. It was just kind of in the background. Uh, the Chris Duncan and the Yanal Ashmos. This was a pretty decent fight. First round was really good, and Yanal was doing very well. And then something happened. Maybe I I I, I didn't see the instance that it happened, but. He started. You now started to fade. He started to fade a little bit. And I thought initially that he just got tired. I thought he was just getting tired um, from the fight. And, you know, cardio was an issue for him. But it turns out, I find out later, that he actually broke his arm. He broke his arm in, like, the beginning of the second round somewhere. So it wasn't actually his cardio that was a problem. It wasn't like he was getting tired. It was just his arm was broken. He couldn't figure out a way to to get into the fight and, and, uh, be active. So he lost the decision, but yeah, he did did get a broken arm. I, I found the, uh, the x-ray photo and him with the sling right here. Yeah, so you guys can check out. So that's a, you know, it's a compound fracture. It's a pretty good break on that bone right there. It's that, not going to feel good. And fighting one handed is not <laughs> easy to do. Well, I guess he broke his his hand in the first round. It wasn't the second. First round, he broke his hand. So that's why he was performing well in that first round, but then he faded, and it looked like I thought he was tired, but I didn't realize it was actually his hand. It could have been because I was a little bit distracted by doing a podcast at the same time, so I couldn't see everything that was going on, and um, it's a good thing I'm not one of the judges. But uh, from what I could see, one of the mental notes I took of the fight was, man, this Duncan guy just isn't turning it on. Why doesn't he up the volume? Why isn't he putting more pressure, more, more pace on this guy? Because uh, Ashmus looked like he was fading. He was fading, and I thought he was fading because of cardio. And I was like, I could not understand why Chris Duncan didn't like pick the pace up. Why didn't you pick the pace up? Knowing now that his arm was broken, I'm doubling, I'm going to double down on that. Why didn't you turn the pace up? Why wasn't he not? Why did he not recognize that his output dropped off considerably? From the opening moments of the bell, the opening part of the fight, you know, by the time he was in that second minute of the second round, he should start realizing like, hey, this guy's fading. Something's up. You know, you should be able to figure out whether is his cardio done or is he injured? And then you should be able to figure out where that injury is eventually. You know, what's he not throwing? If you know what, if I can kick to the head, what's he checking with? How's he doing things? I didn't see any of that recognition from Duncan it kind of just stayed on pace and treated it like a sparring session. Almost more output need more output in those situations. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Jason, the Holmes card last week's card was, was pretty good. Um, but even it was still kind of whole home compared to the pay-per-view. I think the pay-per-view was such an exceptional card that the next few are going to kind of be not as good just because you're going to compare them together and and uh was it 290? Yeah, I think 290 was it was phenomenal. That was a great card. There There's some a really a lot of good fights on that card. We talk a long time about. checking the uh comments here guys you guys are active let's see all pro all pro is saying just started bjj brand new to it i don't feel like we roll enough only like 10 minutes at the end of class rest of it is drills does that sound like enough yeah you're you're not gonna learn as much just going hard like that's the thing is guys just want to go in there and bang hand battle and that's good that's important you need to do those things but you got to drill, man. you got to drill, 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 drill. And it shouldn't just be practice the move, practice the move, practice the move. you got to start – you practice the move to get it down. And then when you can start doing it with no pressure, then you start adding some pressure. And you should be doing scenarios. And then you spend a certain amount of time doing drills, and then you do scenario training for a little while, right? You're in half guard. You, you're right, you have this grip. Your, your job is to use the sweep from that day you learned. And the guy on top is—he's got some control he's supposed to use that he learned that week, right? And then you're just from that position. You're like, all right, fight till the first person scores, and you do—you uh, can either do it timed, or what we used to do is uh, we do something called like guard pass drill, okay? And it doesn't always have to be like guard pass, right? It was just—it it, it stemmed from that. We just la- labeled everything the same as guard pass drill. But we're all working out. It's like a 20-minute round, okay? It never stops but you only have like four or five guys out on the mat and winner stays. Right. So you come up with different scenarios in this scenario. You're in closed guard. You have to open the guard and stand up and that's it. And the bottom, I just have to hold you in the guard and you keep going until somebody <laughs> wins that position, you know, th- things like that. Then you're getting in some live um, training, but it's, it's specifically focused for those techniques that you're working on. And that's really good. That's really important to do things like that. But I've been to plenty of places where you just go in and it's just an hour of guys rolling. And it's like, that's fine if you're a black belt and you've been a black belt for a while and you're going in there and roll with other black belts type of stuff. But, like, if you're a blue belt and all you want to do is just live roll and wrestle and grapple, like, you're not going to develop the skills as fast. Right? You need a lot of drilling to get the move down, then you need to add intense drilling, right? Drilling is just, you're just going through the movement to see if you got it. Once you get it right every single time without pressure, then you, then you can start doing intense training. And that's, now you're doing things for speed. Now you're doing things with explosiveness. Now you're doing things with urgency, right? So you're not just doing the move, you're doing it at a professional fighting pace, right? And um Those are gonna get you some cardio training. It forces you to, to you know fight against uh, weight, pressure, all that stuff, uh, making you better. And then it's still drilling though. So you're not fighting for that person. It's non-competitive. So even though you're going really hard and you're working really hard together, you're still able to hit all the techniques with perfection the way you're supposed to, right? The next level is the scenario or situation training, where we put you in a certain spot in a certain situation. It could be one guy's on his feet, one guy's on his knees, the other guy, you know, he's in on a double leg. Hey, right, you go one, two, three, go. <laughs> Wrestle from there. Guy on his knee in the double leg, he has to finish. You go to the first score. So you have the basic light drilling, you have the intense drilling, you have the situational training, and then you're going to have, after that, you're going to have the live goes. Right? And even then, you're going to have uh, two levels of live goes. You're going to have playing around live goes, right, skill skill development live goes, and then you're going to have fight live goes where you have a fight coming up. You have fight camp, and you're doing everything the way that you want to do it in the fight with the pressure you want to do it in the fight. So that's, what, like five different levels of, <laughs> of training, I think. But, yeah, um, you don't just want to... Go hard all the time. But at the same time, not ever going hard is no good either. Um, Man. Let's get... Ha! Are you kidding me? Brian Ayala says, Josh Thompson moved to Texas. Why would anyone want to leave Cali? This place is a shithole. I'm sorry, man. All of Hollywood is lying to you. It has lied to you your entire life. All these people who took bad mouth flyover country and they prop up New York and California, these like amazing modernistic places. It's a shithole. This place is a shithole. We have literal crime everywhere all the time. You're never okay. There was somebody pulled a knife at our, our swimming pool, my my home. These these homes in this area are three quarters of millions of dollar. There's a public swimming pool. You have to have cool key cards, whatever, to get in. People are sneaking in and like pulling knives on people. <laughs> hey, I mean it's just this place is disgusting. And then you have like city officials be like, oh well, being homeless isn't illegal, uh, but they're stealing shit. That's illegal. <laughs> they're setting things on fire. They're almost starting forest fires, burning things down, burning homes down. Oh, but mean homeless isn't illegal, so we can't do anything about it it's it this place is a shithole I could not i cannot wait to get out of here. I cannot wait to get out of here. California is an awful place it really is it's terrible <laughs> should least. <laughs> At least you're getting out, man. All Pro says, nice. I signed a six-month contract, so I will be there a while regardless. Oh, well. Six, six months isn't a big, big deal. And if you're not buying property here and not paying taxes here, it's not as, it's not as bad. right? Because you can leave. You can leave. You're not going to get bogged down in this crap. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the fight. So um, then I had to kind of leave. After that fight, I kind of had to leave. Right, I kind of started getting ready to leave. Uh, didn't see any of the Ketlin uh, Vieira fight. Um, I saw a little bit. I saw the first round of uh, Muradov and Barbarina. and I was kind of. You know, I don't know how the rest of the fight went. You guys tell me in the chat. But it was kind. The first round wasn't that good. Barbarena usually comes out and throws hard, big punches. It seemed like that first round they were just kind of like feeling each other out. Uh, there wasn't a lot of action. I was kind of. Sad. So I don't know if that fight went to the ground. It ended up going to a decision. I, I wouldn't have thought that. <clears throat> Barbarina has a lot of brawls where it doesn't go to the decision. Uh, so yeah, I missed the uh, Parkin fight. Diocles. Diocles or Diocles? And uh, Joao Alvarez. Jo Alvarez won. I didn't see that one. Danny Roberts and Johnny Parsons. I did not see that one either. Uh, I got home in time to catch um, the Craig Muñoz fight, so I did not get to see the uh, the Ron Murphy. Actually, you know what? I came home about that time. The Ron Murphy and Galabo. I didn't. I don't. I think I saw him elbowing him in the in the corner, trying to get him out. I think that's when I came in. I might have came in in the third round. Uh, I I did see a good part of the Herbert Zion fight, but it was weird how I saw it. Cause I was going in and out of the kitchen. Cause I was doing some stuff with the kids, getting lunch and stuff ready. And every time I came in to watch the fight, Herbert had Zion up against the fence and was doing work in there. So I didn't see much of the fight. Honestly, I came back in at the end of the fight for the announcement and I was surprised that Zion won because he didn't. From what I saw from coming in and out of the room, he was always with his back against the fence. I didn't see him like doing anything offensive. But um, Enrique Barzola staying with me. He's got a fight come up in a few weeks. He watched the fight and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Ferez yeah. won, definitely won." So it just was one of those things where it's like it just happened to be when I came in was when the time that Herbert closed the distance and put him in the fence. So it's a good thing I wasn't judging that fight. But the Paul Craig, uh, Andre Munoz fight was phenomenal. This was, uh, well, I, I don't know, maybe one of the best fights in the card. This was really good. Both these guys are very highly skilled, both, both good grapplers. Um, they kind of were feeling each other out tentatively on the stand-up a little bit at first. Then when they got into um, the clinch and the grappling, man, it was some fireworks. There were some nice attempts by uh, Munoz. He got a, a triangle, almost kind of locked up at one point, and it was a good fight. It was good. Um, Craig ends up getting the knockout. You know he's known for his submissions, especially his triangles, but he was able to to slip some punches through and get the KO against Muniz. Both these guys are solid fighters, really good fighters. I like watching both these guys fight. This was also I don't know if this is is this uh, Craig's first fight at middleweight because he was fighting at two oh five. Maybe we can see right here. Light heavyweight against Johnny Walker earlier this year, right? Light heavyweight, light heavyweight. Light heavyweight, light heavyweight. Yeah, so I'm thinking he looked good at 185. He looked really good. So he's, he's a definite threat, I think, to uh, Adesanya. If he can get inside and get the takedown, he could pose serious problems for Adesanya at middleweight. It would be interesting. I'd like to see him, you know, do some more. It's, that was a good win. He looked really good. He looked clean at that at that weight. Uh, let's see. He didn't like. He was like suffering from the weight cut. He looked all right. So, I think that would be uh, be good. Be good. The hardest BJJ, uh, Brandon Hunter saying, what do you think the hardest BJJ submissions to learn? Any of that Eddie Bravo stuff, man. If you're not flexible already, like I can't do 90% of that stuff. That rubber guard stuff, impossible. I, I will break my leg. My leg will snap. Not happening. <laughs> so those, those to me, those are impossible. Those are very difficult to learn. Um, but your body type can limit you. With with thing. If you're a short guy with stubby thick legs and thick thighs, you're gonna have a really hard time triangling people. It's just how it is. Who is getting up here? Right. So uh, yeah, Craig won that fight. Nathaniel Wood then against Andre Feely. This was a pretty good fight back and forth. Uh they both had their moments. There were both times when guys got dropped. This was a good fight. This was a good uh fun-sized fight. Even though there wasn't a finish, it was uh had some good moments, good exciting moments back and forth. They changed levels and fought on different planes. I like that. I like it when you're not one dimensional. Neither of these guys were. They could fight from different places. It was it was a pretty, pretty fun fight. Um, I don't know if anybody had any des- problems with the decision on that fight. I don't know. I don't think I did. You said that, right, Gary? Middle, he says. That, Gary says, middleweight division badly needs new blood. Great to see the bear Jew in it. That's right. Um, it, it, it is. Uh, 85 is a funny, it's a funky weight class to me. It always has been. It really has been because if you, uh, man, at least it seems to me that there's more hype and notoriety around welterweight and light heavyweight, all right? And you've got 15-pound weight differences at those weight classes, so it's a, it's a big jump. And I think there are a lot of guys who could fight at 85 but decide to push hard and cut down to welterweight because there's more opportunities to make more money. I think on the other end of that, you also have guys who fight at 205 who could, just like Craig here, who could cut down to 185, but they don't because light heavyweight does get more attention, does get more notoriety, and you're going to get paid a lot more. I, I, that's just my kind of guess. I could be wrong. Maybe you could prove me wrong with numbers, but it's always kind of seemed like that. That, that, that welterweight and light heavyweights seem to make a lot more money than the 85 pounders and they get more notoriety i don't know why i don't know why this is i could be completely wrong maybe it's because you've had a number of long-term reigning champions who are super dominant at those at that weight class and maybe that chased guys away why bother i don't want to fight with him i'll cut the weight and go down to a lower weight class i'll put on the weight i'll fight an upper weight class could be a factor of those, all those things kind of mixed together. I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Oh, Anakin, <clears throat> Anakin's acting. Do you think Craig should face Bo Nickel or Brendan Allen next? Bo Nickel, leave him alone. <laughs> leave him alone until he's had ten fights. Leave him alone. Keep him away from named opponents. Keep him away from ranked guys. Let him develop. Leave him alone. <laughs> right. Quit trying to throw him down the, the, the course way too too fast there's no need for that we're talking about somebody who has the potential of being one of the greatest fighters of all time let's not rush it i don't think waiting two years to take a casual slow approach to making him great is is a problem i don't think so right two years you're gonna have what's he got five fights now he could have two fights a year uh Two years, right? He got three fights a year. It's going to be 18 months. It's going to take him less than two years to have, you know, five more fights, six more fights. Get him there. Get him there. Let him have the experience, you know? I don't think we should throw him in there. Anakin. Yeah, he's saying, uh, Anakin says, I'm saying that because Munez was ranked 14th, yeah. And I, and I don't think Bo Nickel should fight a Munez either. I don't think. I think find, keep finding guys like his last opponent. Guys that are undefeated, that you haven't heard of, that he's, he's going to beat and, and do better and whatever, move himself up. I think he just needs more time. Just give him some more time. Let him develop. Don't, don't pick the apple too soon. Don't pick that cherry too soon. Let, him, let it ripen. We don't need to eat no green bananas over here, all right? Kyle is saying, uh, speaking of light heavyweight, how do you expect Fiera to fare against Jan and other fighters in the division? Grappling is suspect, but the abbreviated 20 pounds weight cut might help his chin durability a bit. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's got so much power. Can can guys take him down? Like, how good are the wrestlers at 205 even? I mean, Jan can out-wrestle Adesanya, but, like... (laughs) I think my 11-year-old could wrestle out wrestle Adesanya, so I don't think it's saying much. Um, so yeah, how how good of a wrestler really is John? Is he just good enough to beat Pierre? And I, and Pierre is probably a worse wrestler than <laughs> Adesanya. So I don't know. I think he has trouble. You put him in there with a good wrestler, with good cardio and a good chin, he's gonna have problems. He's gonna have some problems. What's the next one? What's the next fight? Uh, Molly McCann and Julie Ja stole ankle, and man, I, like I just you know the hype machine stuff. It gets so tiresome. It's just so tiresome, and and I, I feel bad for the people they do it to. You know because i think it's just too much too fast for these guys and it just screws their careers up so molly is over here meatball molly she's fun she's popular but she's got tons of holes in her game and needs a lot more work but instead they just keep throwing her out there against a top talent or unnamed top talent and she's gonna wash out soon she's gonna wash out quick i don't i don't like that develop your fighters but again promoters don't give a crap. They want to wring as much water out of you as they can and then throw you away. They don't care. The way MMA promotions set up, they they have no interest, vested interest in developing you to be the best you. They just want to crank fights out of you and, and move on to the next person. It's not, about, it's not about developing. They don't care about development at all. There's no, you know, and you'll see here with like Bo Nickel, they're not going to develop him they're gonna they're gonna throw him in. They're probably gonna throw him in there with a the name fight. They're gonna throw him in there to start making money off of him. And he's gonna be fighting big fights. He's not gonna be making that much because he hasn't had that many fights yet. And it's just I don't know. It's just gross. It's just gross to me. We talked about it a little while ago against that uh, about that uh that big uh, heavyweight. There's a big heavyweight from Bellator, and it's like if they just actually invested some time and energy in developing him. Rather than just throwing them out there and throwing them out there make some quick money off you now and then kick you out and move somebody else in, make some quick money there. Rather, put some time and energy and develop them. If you were the boxing style where the promoters actually benefited from that single boxer from doing well, because if they can build him up to a champion, then they make a lot more money. The promotion makes more money because they built up a champion. We don't have that in MMA. Main event: Tom Aspinall, Marcin Taboria. Taboria is a big, scary, strong guy. He's very capable. Tom Aspinall, good fighter, pretty decent record. I got to be honest with you though, he's never really like uh, he's never really impressed me before. Okay, he seemed like he just wasn't big enough, wasn't fast enough. Um, he just he just was just falling short, just a little bit short in in everything. But in this last fight, he did look completely brand new. He looked way sharper with the striking. He looked more explosive. He looked leaner. He looked like his body composition had changed a little bit. He looked like he was more aggressive through the punches, through everything. His mindset, Everything about him, his aura around him for that fight seemed different. It really did. Uh, and he had mentioned at the end of the fight himself that you know, he, uh, he wasn't back. That wasn't him making a comeback. That was, it was him making a change, him making a change into a new person. He didn't come back to the old self. He was a new self. And I think he kind of is true. <laughs> it's kind of true. Because he did. He fought harder. He fought with laser focus. He was very, very quick, very fast, very explosive. He looked in great shape. I don't know. I think that was a very impressive win, very impressive performance by him. Uh, even though it was a fast fight, even though it didn't last forever, right? It was only a minute 13. But he came out hard and fast with that pace. He got that that punch through. I can't remember. Was it a jab or a right hand? It was a straight punch. Caught him right in the chin. His head see it go crack down. Oh, I, like, I can hurt my neck. <laughs> and that chin goes down like that. Your brain's banging around in your skull at that moment. He dropped him. Dropped him hard. And uh, Debris is a big guy, hit him hard. So Aspinall, I'm I'm big up on Aspinall right now. What's next for Aspinall? I heard some people talking about Sergi. What do you guys think about that? Huh? What do you guys think about big old Sergi? That could be interesting. That would be interesting. That would be a man maker. See which guy is going to be the man moving forward, getting up there. That could be. That could be a decent fight for him. What do you guys think about that? Or is uh, Sergi looking for bigger fish? Who's, who's Sergi fighting next? You guys know have they announced that yet? I'm interested in seeing what's up with him next. Anakin uh, is saying that Tom is fighting the winner of Spivak and Gyan. Okay. I, I That's cool. I'm cool with that. What you guys got on that? I think Gon is out. I think Gon's gonna win that fight. Yeah, that's Kyle's popping in agreeing with that. Kyle saying it's gonna get past Spivak. If uh, let's see, if if Gan gets past Spivak, that would probably be the next logical match. Yeah, that sounds good. Gary, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> I just want to see Pavlovich fight for a title soon. I'd love to see John Jones and Pavlovich make that fight happen. Make it happen, man. Like that would be. <laughs> I don't know if John Jones can handle that monster. You know, to be like size versus skill type type thing. Uh, Gary saying Pavlovich next would be the best fight. Winner gets title shot. hmm mm-hmm. Uh and that's it, man. That's the card. That's the that's the fights. What do we got? Um 291 coming up. Ooh, ooh, 291, guys. Saturday, July 29th. That's that's the next. That's the next one. Oh, I'm gonna be on the road, guys. I am going to be on the road, and I'm not sure how the podcast is going to work. I'm going to try to pre-record some stuff and upload them, so we've got something going on. But it's going to be—I got to get that done <laughs> this week. There's a lot of stuff I got going on, and we'll see. I may just—I may just have to call in and, and say sorry, guys. I had to miss a couple shows because I I couldn't watch the the fights and I couldn't get to a place to computer. So we'll we'll see. I'm pre trying to pre-record a lot of stuff and hopefully I can get it all edited and. Put up. But this is a good card, man. Poirier, Gaethje, Blackowitz, and Piera, Steven Thompson, and Pereira, Ferguson, and Green, Michael Chesia, Kevin Holland, um, Gabriel Bonfim, Trevis Giles, Derek Lewis, Marcos. Ridgero de Lima, it's a big boy. That's going to be a big fight. That's going to be fun. Roman Kaplyov, Claudio Riviero, Jake Matthews, Miguel Beza, Semisberger's fighting. All right, so there's some, there's some fights. There's some fights. Some good fights. Should be interesting. Yep, a lot of Vanguard saying stacked card. I think you're right. Yogg, thoughts on MMA guru? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Never heard of it before at all. Anakin (laughs) saying uh, Wonderboy being moved on the main card makes me so happy. Yeah, man. That's good. Oh, Crawford and Spence. Okay. There's going to be a lot of good fights coming up. That's good. That's good. That's good. I'll be in uh, Vegas next Saturday, guys. Next Saturday, I'll be in Vegas teaching a seminar at One Kicks Gym. Yep. And then I'm headed to Indiana after that. Let's, uh, let's see, man. You guys, we only had the UFC to deal with this, uh, this week. So I'm going to open up for some consultations, some questions. I put the link in the chat so you guys can hit that link and uh, come on the show say hi ask a question you guys in the chat want to ask some questions go ahead Um, super chats are uh, of course always welcome man Anakin saying who do you got winning Tony or 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 green Bobby green I just I I think Tony's done man I just I don't I don't I don't see him win any more fights I think he's done. I think he should stop. I think at some point, the brain just shuts down. He gets a little bit of, a little bit of contact, and it's over. It's not interested. Kyle Wells says, "Does Gaethje get revenge on Poirier?" I don't know. If Justin fights the uh, calm, cool, collected. Fight where he keeps things tight. He keeps his defense tight. He keeps his hands up. I think Gaethje can win that fight. Definitely, I think Gaethje can win that fight. But if he gets in there going fast and loose, he's gonna get caught. And I think uh, Poirier hits too hard, and he's too skilled to allow him to hit you hard. (laughs) All right, you guys. Uh, Yog is saying, "Do you think Tony has low testosterone? He seems significantly less strong the last few years. I, I, father time, buddy. It's age. He's not 25 anymore, you know. And uh, he's a clean fighter. I don't. I don't. Uh, you know." Yeah, your test is going to decrease as you age. This is part of it. So I think, you know, weight cutting, knockouts, uh, and age—they add up over time. They really do. I gog man, age is the issue. <laughs> yeah, Zane. I know men's test decreases with age. Maybe that's the issue. It's age. It's age. Tony's what now? Um, is he thirty-five? Forty, almost. How old? How old is Tony? I'm, I'm gonna look it up. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm uh, taking too long here. I'm not good at searching things up fast. Got a boomer on the on the board. Uh Tony Ferguson. Thirty-nine, okay. There you go. He's thirty-nine. Sorry, but yeah, your test is gonna is gonna start dropping. It is. It's just how it is. And um, it's just father time, man. That's what has happened. That's why you got a lot of guys in their 40s and stuff who are able to compete still. It's because they're, they're, they're taking synthetic testosterone to make up for the lost, lost testosterone. You know, I think it's silly for us to look at sports. It really is. It's silly for us to look at sports and professional sports these days. billion-dollar industries and act like every baseball player, football player golfer isn't on something i i don't i don't believe it i don't believe it at this point when i was younger i used to believe it but then when i started seeing what was going on everywhere how especially nowadays how easy it is to access when you look at like sports you know in the 70s the 60s 50s guys aged out in their 30s you're 32 you're an old man you're 32 and you're playing pro sports you're an old man now you got guys in their 40s, no problem. No problem. And you'd be like, oh, technology and medical advancements and whatever. Get out of here. Yeah. Just eating clean isn't going to be enough, you know, at certain levels. Um, but, Yeah. No, not anymore, Yag. Not anymore. Yag. saying, does the UFC allow TRT if approved from a doctor? They used to. That was when the gates blew off, and that's when my eyes were opened up to what everything was going on. Like, I had no idea how rampant it was, because I thought, you know, that the steroid usage stuff was like bodybuilders, and it was the only way to do it. And I fought plenty of guys who used steroids like bodybuilders, and they were terrible. And it was not good for fighting. But then the uh, Balco is it Balco stuff that came out, and then everybody could see what they were doing with the professionals and how they were training them f- with steroids for uh, long-distance, like, cardio-type um, events rather than powerlifting and, and muscle building, you know, for show on stage. And I think that just changed the game for a lot of people. And then UFC started sneaking in their guys, juiced up, you know knowing that their guys were juiced up and and, and getting them <laughs> sign offs like that was happening behind the scenes like people didn't even know about it it was like a secret between the commissions and some of the fighters and UFC it wasn't like an open thing that everybody was told about it, like it came out much later and then by the time everybody knew about it like you had a bunch of people who were who were cheating cuz at first it was the old guys UFC was trying to keep their old stars Active and relevant. So they would feed them steroids, allegedly. And they had to get the commission to sign off on it so that there was no troubles. And yeah, um, I, I mean, I cannot believe how rotten and twisted and corrupt is a commission to allow that? How awful are these human beings? Just despicable. Like, oh, we're going to turn the other way for this, just for you guys, but we'll keep it quiet. Shh. And then, of course, after everybody learned about it, and then the 22-year-old kids are doing the same stuff the 40-year-old guys are doing, then they make it illegal. And now it's just the haves and the have-nots. The guys that they are buddy-buddy with, the guys that make them lots of money, they turn the other way. They cover things up. And we've seen it. It's not even speculation. We saw what they did with uh, Vitor. We saw what they did with Brock. We saw what they done with John Jones. Those aren't the only times. Those are just times they got caught. This is interesting. This is interesting, James. He's saying, How do you feel about the Damian Maya versus GSP doing grappling match? Interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I'm interested in it. I don't think GFC does as well in grappling, straight grappling as he does with the addition of kicks and punches. Because GSP was really a mixed martial artist. He was Good at a lot of different things. He wasn't just a specialist in one. You know, he wasn't primarily a wrestler. He wasn't primarily a striker. And he was able to use multiple attacks to overcome a lot of people. So if you are removing all of those weapons and you're putting them up against somebody who is a specialist, like Maia, I got to give Maia a little bit more of a... um, Lean a little bit towards that direction. I also think Maia is much larger than GSP these days. GSP looks like he's lost weight since he stopped fighting. He doesn't look like he walks around at 200 pounds. He doesn't look at, you know, guys that fight at 185 usually walk around at 205. That's usually at least some guys, the Rock would walk at 215. So he's not, GSP is not walking around at that weight. There's no way. He looks like he weighs 185 pounds walking around. Maia, he cuts down from 200 pounds. He cuts down from 205. So I think he's going to have a size advantage on him. I don't know. If I had to put money on it, I'm leaning towards Maia winning the the grappling match. I said it. Anybody want to take that bet? (laughs) Yep, and now, yeah, add another name to the list. Mulatto is saying Lesnar and Jones and now McGregor. Just keep adding names to the list. And those are just the ones we know about. Those are the ones that they screwed up on and spilled the beans and everybody still acts like nothing's going on. It's, it's weird, man. Yeah, <laughs> I did see this, Anakin. Anakin Skywalker is saying, did you see over him now? He changed his diet and is now skinnier than before. Yeah, he's back to his 205-pound size. He's lost a ton of mass. He, he stopped eating horse meat. He stopped eating the horse meat, you know. <laughs> and that's, man, so I don't like making speculations, but that's weird to me. Is that not weird to you? Like, I get it. Like, I've been in weight class sports a long time. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen the guys who retire. I've seen the guys who step away from the sport, and they stop cutting weight, and they stop making weight and have to make weight. I have never seen somebody get smaller. Never. I've never seen somebody get smaller. They always put on weight. They always get bigger. 10, 15 pounds. Always. So it's really weird to me to see somebody who is a certain size for like 10, 15 years lose 20 pounds. How does that happen? Oh, I just changed my diet. Mmm. Mm, I think you changed something else too. I'm pretty sure you changed something else too. Something something else. Eh, something's going on different. I always thought that was weird because I see it, I see it in MMA today. There's guys who are, you know, higher weight classes who are smaller now than they were when they were fighting. And it's like, okay, so you lost 20 pounds of muscle. Okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and like you lose it in like six months too <laughs> it's just it's just wild man it's just wild wild stuff let's go guys we got a few more minutes come on uh anybody have something they want to ask the um link is in the chat i'm gonna put it in again there Link is in the chat. Come on, ask a question. Get a free consultation. Usually, it's going to cost you a lot more. Yep. I saw him in person also. I've met him. I met him in Japan before he was a heavyweight. Right. Um, I'm of Vanguard. He's here saying, I've seen that dude in person over him was pretty big, like six five, five,, ish. Yeah. I saw him and he was, he was, yeah, he was a giant. He was a really big person. He's a really big human being broad, broad shoulders, just a huge specimen of a person. And he was only a tool five pounder at the time. So like, yeah, he's like, he put on an incredible amount of weight. Unbelievable. Like yeah, at least 50 pounds of muscle. Like, pure muscle. That's crazy, man. And that can't be healthy, and that's probably why he's getting smaller now. That's probably why he's leaning out now. You don't see a lot of really old, big dogs, (laughs) you know? It's usually not something that happens. We got Anakin again saying, uh, I'm hoping Kazmet wins versus Costa. I don't know if I have a... Course in that race. I just want to see a good fight. I guess I don't have any problems with Costa. Kazmet um, winning does mix up middleweight division a little bit. Some new blood, somebody different to come in and possibly dethrone Adesanya. I could see why you're hoping that. Because yeah, I don't want to see Costa versus Izzy again. I don't want to see that fight. So yeah, I guess I guess you're right. You're good. You're good to uh, hope that. It comes It wins that fight oh he's already I thought he would so within a week he retires and then now he's out of retirement Malata says that uh, Overeem is out of retirement also he is in talks with Ryzen the CEO man that's wild alright guys is that uh? Is that it? Nobody's gonna call in. Nobody's gonna ask some questions. We got over here in the rock fan. We ain't got no rock fan questions. Nobody calling in. All right, guys. well dang, man. Um, if you guys are in the San Jose era, Bay era, I am doing a wrestling camp. We're doing three days. Uh, four hours a day ten to two we're going to be teaching lots of wrestling technique, we're going to do a lot of uh, hand fighting, we're going to focus on hand fighting and clinch stuff tomorrow just like setups, we're going to do a whole day of, of setups, getting to dominant positions on your opponent with hand fighting uh, doing things from clinch the uh, over under position um, working on setting underhooks, working on getting our our collar ties set, all that fun stuff. That's going to be day one. Day two is going to be uh, takedowns, takedown defense. We're going to learn a bunch of different takedowns and a bunch of ways to stop the takedowns. It's going to be good. Last day, third day is going to be writing and pinning. We're going to do uh, four hours. We're going to do a full day of writing and pinning. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. Going to get a lot of work in. And uh, then I will be in. Then I will be in uh, Vegas on Saturday, the 29th. We have a seminar at noon, and then I am driving to Midwest. We're heading to the Midwest. We're going to be there for a minute. I'll be doing a seminar in Lafayette, Indiana, on August 4th, and then I'll be in Fort Wayne on the 5th and 6th. So I'll be there doing. Um, I'll be there doing uh, the seminars and then I'm only doing some small group stuff the week after. So I'll make a little bit of money. I'm going to do some uh, teaching. It'll be good. It's going to be fun. I'm going to record as much as I can. Hopefully I have tons of footage to bring back and just be editing and putting up stuff for a long time. All right, guys. Uh, Thanks for watching man. Thanks for the support. Make sure you guys are liking. Make sure you hit the like button, please. Um, Make sure you are sharing with everybody that you know twice. Right? Um, I I appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks for watching, guys. I'll check you out later.